the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russia attacks Ukraine. You are likely in the last few hours of peace. An investigation into Donald Trump falls apart. Does definitely look like there was a significant disagreement. With Russia entering Ukraine, Americans prep for higher gas prices. This is not just about energy prices going up. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, February 24th. I'm Mike Scott. According to NATO officials, Russia has begun an attack on Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin announcing he has decided to conduct what he is calling a special military operation to protect eastern Ukraine's Donbas region. ABC's Martha Raditz, reporting from Ukraine, shared a chilling message she received from one of her contacts in the Pentagon. Well, I have just been told, and it's quite obvious at this point, that it has indeed started. A senior Pentagon official told me that just a short time ago. This is the same Pentagon official who several hours ago texted me, David, I know I've shared it with all of you, and said you are likely in the last few hours of peace on the European continent for a long time to come. Back at home, polling says just 26 percent of Americans want the U.S. to play a major role in the Ukrainian crisis. However, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby does say about 1,000 U.S. military personnel are being temporarily moved to reassure and train allies, as well as try to deter Russia. These forces, comprised of aviation element and some ground forces, will move within, inside the European uh, area of operations uh, to NATO's northeastern and southeastern flanks. Meanwhile, retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis expects Russia to move quickly. The initial assault will be you know, lightning fast. It will occupy you know, whatever area uh, he intends to occupy uh, at the end of the day. McGinnis went on to share what his assessment of the current situation is. Uh, incredibly dangerous. McGinnis explains what we may see first. I would expect that they would try to go after the electric grid. I haven't seen or heard that happen yet. We would begin uh, before the tanks would roll and artillery would fire. You'd get missiles shot from uh, either Russia or Belarus into uh, vulnerable targets. Florida Senator Rick Scott joined the Salem Radio Network and he is not happy with the way the Biden administration is handling the situation in Ukraine. He's in the peace on president, and he didn't do anything to hold Russia accountable. He's scared to death of holding Russia accountable. The, what Republicans believe is you have to hold these thugs accountable. 
I mean, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have approved Nord Stream two. There should have been sanctions on Putin before uh, he uh, invaded. And they ought to be tougher now. Senator Scott goes on to say that Americans should be ready for more weakness from President Biden. We Unfortunately, we have, we're stuck three more years with a very weak president. And we've got a Democrat uh, House and Senate that won't hold uh, these thugs accountable and won't even hold our president accountable. It looks like Prime Minister Justin Trudeau just blinked in his fight with the Freedom Convoy over COVID mandates. On Wednesday, the Canadian Prime Minister revoked the Emergencies Act that he invoked on February 14th and asked for the House of Commons to pass on Monday. And today, after careful consideration, we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. Back on the home front, the U.S. Capitol is getting ready for its own freedom convoy. In preparation for the arrival of the People's Convoy, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has approved requests from the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department and the U.S. Capitol Police for National Guard assistance ahead of trucker protests expected to arrive in the area. Requests came from uh, the D.C. government, um, uh, their emergency management agency, as well as the U.S. Capitol Police. All told, among the two requests, it's about 700 guards personnel and about 50 vehicles. Uh, They are designed for traffic support. Meanwhile, truck driver Dallas Hubank says he wants to deliver a simple message to the government. My main message is freedom. Of course, you know, that covers pretty much everything. You know, I mean, from the mandates to people telling us we got to wear a mask to go inside. and, And, you know, maybe I don't want to wear a mask. You know, and, and I don't. Addressing truckers and supporters, convoy organizer Brian Brass says it's time to stand up against mandates. To the truck drivers around the world, now is your time to stand up. Now is your time to usher in a renaissance time of freedom. As more states lift their mask and vaccine mandates, some believe that America has turned the corner on COVID. However, some states, particularly states that are controlled by the Democrat Party, have yet to follow suit. Thomas DeVore, an attorney behind the legal challenges to Illinois' COVID-19 mandates and a candidate for Illinois Attorney General, joins the Daybreak Insider podcast to discuss what Americans should be wary of his campaign, and what others can do to defend freedom. DeVore wants to make one thing clear. He's fighting government overreach. I'm pushing on the way of which they were promulgated, which is the executive officer inappropriately uh, creating those mandates, not necessarily the mandate itself. Out of all the mandates handed down during the pandemic, which one do you believe hurt citizens the most? The ones where they tried to close down or did, in fact, have some success in closing down the indoor facilities of a lot of small business owners had significant financial and emotional damage to that segment of our population. And then most recently, we've been dealing with, you know, the masking and exclusion policies of our students in school. You know, that's had a significant damage to these children and their their ability to learn, their ability to, to uh, socialize, things of that nature. So I think it depends upon where you look from it 
looking at it from to determine which one of those has the most damage. I don't think there's a bright line. In talking to voters, what is the biggest issue that they have had? The biggest issue the voters have had is not only the impact that it's had on their life, but the manner of which they have had absolutely no opportunity to participate or to be able to object. That's the biggest issue people have. Most of them don't have a problem necessarily with a mask requirement. They don't have a problem with maybe keeping their children at home, things of that nature. But just the authoritarian way of which these things were placed upon them, again, without it going through the legislature, without them having any ability to object and, and to argue that it's been applied to them, you know, arbitrarily or improperly, that's the biggest concern that they have. What concerns you the most about our state and our country? The way that we govern ourselves has been abandoned in many states across this nation, and to some extent, our federal government. And so I would be forever grateful if more of my colleagues would step up and start fighting back, saying that procedurally, you're completely abandoning our system of government and our rule of law. What do you hope to accomplish as Illinois Attorney General? Do the best I can. Again, I can never make sure that these things never happen again, because if we don't put an end to this, and we have another emergency, and I have my air quotes going when I say emergency. I'm concerned about our ability to survive. And when I say survive, I'm referring to our system of government. For it to survive another one of these events. Based on your recent success, what advice do you have for other Americans who want to defend liberty? Most people don't want to be subjected to that type of criticism. And, and again, I need my colleagues to be courageous and to stand up and say, you know what? Uh, I took an obligation here to protect people, and I need to do it. That's what I want them to do. And more of them are starting to do it because I get calls from lawyers all the time now wanting me to assist them and explain things to them, and I'm happy to do so. Uh, but, again, they just have to have the courage. Our, the lawyers have to have the same courage that I saw in these little kids across the state over the last three weeks standing up for themselves. If these babies can do it, then us adults in the room, especially the attorneys, can do it too. Our thanks to Thomas DeVore for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. You can find out more about him at thomasdevore.com. In a new article by the New York Times, an investigation gaining momentum into Donald Trump and his business operations in Manhattan may have fallen completely apart. Two of the key prosecutors presenting the criminal case against Trump resigned reportedly because Manhattan D.A. Alvin Bragg had doubts about whether his office had a case at all. Former Executive Assistant District Attorney Adam Kaufman joined MSNBC to discuss the article's revelations. Prosecutors don't resign simultaneously like this unless there was a major disagreement between them and the D.A. Otherwise, they probably would have stayed on and seen this through to the end. Kaufman says... That may have been the prosecutors that wanted to go forward with a case, but the DA did not. We don't know. It could go either way, right? It could be that that the lead prosecutors thought that they should move on with the case. Uh, Mr. Bragg disagreed and they resigned, or they thought there was no case, um, and Mr. Bragg wanted them to go on, and so they resigned. I, I would speculate as to the former rather than the latter, but yep. um, we, you know, it, it does definitely look like there was a significant disagreement that caused these two very experienced, very capable, very skilled attorneys to walk away from a huge investigation, which there is a message there. Kaufman went on to emphasize that the way the prosecutors resigned 
sends a message. If it were a typical um, disagreement or a typical the case is puttering out, then I would expect them to stay on, let the grand jury expire, and, and there's no action. That would That would sort of send one signal that we just didn't have enough evidence here to go forward. But this simultaneous resignation, um, what is it, six weeks into Mr. Bragg's tenure as DA, it just sends a message that uh, they had a belief about the case that he would not sign on to. Brace yourself. More pain at the pump. President Joe Biden warns Americans that gas prices will increase again as a result of the Russian invasion into Ukraine. Katie Pavlich, editor at Town Hall, joined America's newsroom to discuss rising fuel costs. While the Biden administration is pointing at tensions in Ukraine, Pavlich says the real issue is the president's energy policy. What you're seeing now as this Russia-Ukraine war starts to play out, the administration trying to brace Americans for higher gas prices. And the reality is that Joe Biden is now seeing his climate change agenda collide with Mm -hmm. this national security foreign policy crisis overseas. Pavlich went on to say that the best policy for America is energy independence. The benefit is that you don't have to worry about uh, wars in foreign lands far away affecting prices here. Pavlich also emphasized how gas prices have a ripple effect on the American economy. Gas prices are the the bottom affects everything in the economy. So every truck that is driving to the grocery store has to fill up its tank, which means if the prices are higher, food prices are going to be higher. Travel is going to be more expensive. So this is not just about energy prices going up. This is about the entire economy for President Biden uh, going under again when he is getting very low marks in an election year uh, as a result of energy prices continuing to skyrocket. To make matters worse, Pavlich also feels that the White House is sending mixed messages. The White House also said yesterday that they're working with producers and they're trying to work with companies uh, for to produce more energy, but they have this other pull at the energy department of trying to shift to uh, what they call cleaner, greener energy. Katie Pavlich says that the energy problems we are facing could have been avoided. They've looked to foreign partners, as the White House press secretary, press secretary said, rather than relying on United, the United States and the energy independence that we've seen uh, possible in this country. Instead, they're looking outside of the country's borders to solve this problem uh, when really it's a self-inflicted crisis, both domestically and on the foreign stage. And she points out that energy companies at home are working in the dark under the Biden administration. So these companies that are trying to produce oil and energy domestically uh, are working off of a timeline and a situation where it's uncertain what the future is going to look like for them. And finally, a team of archaeologists from Jordan and France has unearthed a 9,000-year-old shrine in the eastern Jordanian desert. BBC correspondent Lapika Pelham has that story. These stone enclosures are mass traps that are often found scattered across the deserts of the Middle East. They consist of two or more long stones and were used to coral wild gazelles for slaughter. The researchers said the shrine is remarkably intact. Within it, perfectly preserved, are standing stones. Carvings on them depict human-like figures. There's also an altar, a hearth, marine shells 
and a miniature model of a gazelle trap. Archaeologists say this shows that local inhabitants were skilled hunters. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.